0: Kicked off. It is Tuesdays at two. Our PBS edition. We do want to thank everyone for joining us. We've got a great presentation coming up. I have all the faith in Tim. He's got good stuff coming. Before we do that, a couple of administrative items for us. As you probably saw pop up on your screen, or if you're on the phone, I'll let you know. We do record these. This will be recorded, and after we uh, get it ready for presentation we upload it to youtube and our podcast server we are available on youtube the first two sessions are already up there for your review if you would like you can find us on youtube under the handle of at s-c-a-m-e-c you just type youtube.com slash at s-c-a-m-e-c We also have a podcast server RSS feed that uh, you won't be able to see any of the presentation done, but you will be able to uh, review the audio only. And you can find us at Sun Country Airlines MEC. That's the Sun Country Airlines MEC podcast. And we are available wherever you get your podcasts. That's Apple, iTunes. Spotify, Google, uh, you name it. If whatever wherever you get your podcast, you can find the SCAMEC podcast. With that being said, we do appreciate all of you uh, listening and participating Q and A at the end. But please, please try not to summarize or do not summarize this and and release it out on Facebook or or try to put up a summary of what was being said. I know you're trying to help out your fellow pilots and uh, really appreciate that, but if you direct them to our YouTube channel or our podcast server, they're going to get the information right from the horse's mouth, right? So, again, we are recording this. Uh, Understand this is a public forum. We also have some guests in the room today, but uh, I'm sure Eric's going to reference some of that. He has got some news. I am going to just kick things over to Eric to start us off, so Eric, good afternoon, sir.
1: Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Um, yeah, just a couple of uh, quick news items. Uh, I think uh, if you uh, were following with our call late last week uh, regarding Section 18, you, you heard the congratulations, right, to uh, to our crews and flight attendants, and um, uh, as well as the gate agents and baggage handlers who. Uh, Did the work that was necessary to uh, get some country named as the best U.S. low-cost carrier. Um, Pretty fantastic honor. Uh, You know, we are definitely, um, let's say, very happy uh, to have been named. Uh, It's not so long ago that we left an airplane of people in Mexico, right? So, uh, big turnaround there. Um, You know Customer satisfaction survey like this is a pretty remarkable reflection of the great job that everyone does here, and uh, especially the workers who are the human touch point between some country and the customer, right? Um, uh, Very cool to see that recognition, and we hope that... uh, Uh, The work groups that are responsible for that get a uh, contract soon that recognizes their efforts and provides the schedule flexibility that they're looking for and properly compensates them for the care that they show our customers. Right. Um, Also know that uh, last week we completed a vacation LOA. Uh, for uh, vacation allocation for 2024 it looks unlikely that uh, we'll realize a implemented pbs system in uh, 2024 uh, or at least uh, in time for say january february march vacation right um, so we needed uh, to bridge that gap and did so with an way that follows the uh, same distribution methodology that we used in 2023 basically re-ups the 2023 vacation allocation uh so good to have put that behind us uh, also final contract language uh, has been completed uh in terms of uh, vetting and section 18. Uh, the revisions that are, were necessary there. So, uh, final details regarding printing are being finalized, but we should have a paper contracts and a uh, fully integrated digital contract available and uh, comply through 65 very soon. Um, also, wanted to mention that... Uh, we had a uh, a though, first out, last out for reserves, right, um, referencing for uh, work assignments, uh, arbitration that was scheduled for, I believe, uh, tomorrow and the day after. That has been rescheduled uh, to September, but we do are planning on getting together with the company, hoping that we can reach uh, a settlement on this so that uh we can provide the real-time um open time system with the transparency that's required to ensure the credibility of the reassignment rules right that means that the trips uh and who they were assigned to needs to be published um in that follow list and that is a contractual requirement plain black and white was agreed to and uh, just needs to get programmed uh, so that we have the reliability that we bargained for there um also want to mention CATS uh, working group, uh, just got off a meeting with uh, Austin who's kind of heading that up. Uh, we're going to have some listening sessions uh, that start in July. We want to hear from commuters as to how uh, how you want to commute at Sun Country, right? Um, look for a com soon with some hard dates on that. And what we see here is kind of like small groups attend to 12 do listening sessions um see where people are at and that's a small enough group that you can kind of have meaningful conversation and if we have a lot of people show up with interest we'll we'll hold more than two or three of those and just kind of uh get as much uh, input from uh, the pilot group as to how they want to commute right Um, we the mec right believes that uh the right commuting solution is key to growth in the future of the airline. So we're looking for innovative solutions that provide something that the traditional basing system doesn't, right? Um, Traditional basing is fine, so long as we grow enough to sustain the operations in one geographic location all year long. Um, But until we get to that kind of momentum, Uh, we need to have a basing system that is maybe a little bit different, right? Uh, Does something a little bit different than a lot of other companies do and fits uh, the Sun Country business model a little bit better and hopefully gives Sun Country a competitive advantage, right? Um, So looking forward to having some CATs uh, working group conversations. Please look for some comms on that. Uh, And then um, uh, also coming up in July, we're going to hold a kind of a two-day uh effort with the company uh to work through a lot of the pbs issues right tim and katie have done a great job with the small table discussions and you'll see in this presentation that um, uh, both of them have become uh, very very competent subject matter experts on pbs and um, truly this dive into uh, average line value very important for the pilot group to understand as we uh, prepare to uh, get another way together and and vote on another way right so we'll take up uh, two days in july uh, talking to the company trying to move that ball forward as rapidly as we possibly can Um, all right uh, with that i'm going to turn this over to tim uh, for his presentation and then some q a following thanks tim
2: All right, sounds good. Thanks, Eric. Um, So actually, I pre recorded today's um, topic and presentation, as I was preparing for it, I realized there was just a ton of information to cover. And it actually goes into quite a bit of depth and detail. And in order to be as thorough as possible, and sort of also as succinct and as efficient as possible, it just made sense to record it ahead of time to uh, get all the information to everybody in the easiest and fastest and most efficient way possible. So the presentation is um 24 minutes and i'll hit play here and um once that finishes up we'll go back to being live and have a question answer session once it's all done so let me get it going here and uh enjoy the show tim pavlish here uh as you probably know katie thompson and i are part of the joint pbs working group working with the company to implement pbs here at sun country airlines um we're ready to present the third installment of PBS basics today we are going to get into a little bit more than just the basics uh, starting out here with the outline for today we'll do a review of some recent topics that we talked about in previous uh, discussions we'll get into average line value again historic line value and the credit windows the normal min and max credit windows And, um, once we're complete with that review, we will deep dive into average line value. Average line value is the projected average credit time of all regular line awards and PBS in a bid month per position. So per position, meaning Minneapolis captain will have a different ALV than Minneapolis FO, or if we had a new base, let's say Dallas, uh, Dallas FO would have a different ALV than Minneapolis FO. ALV is a planned value that comes out before the monthly bid opens. And it's set up by crew planning um, in advance of the monthly bid. The PBS solver logic will attempt to build lines to varying credit values so that the average of all lines is as close to ALV as possible. So if your average line value is projected to be 85 hours and the algorithm logic ends up building some lines to 80 hours, then it's going to need to build other lines to 90 hours so that over the entire population of regular lines, the average in the end comes out as close as possible to 85 hours or whatever you've projected your average line value to be in a month. This slide again shows a review from two weeks ago, um, average line values at the airlines who also use NABLU PBS. Um, Some things to note in this chart typically, the bottom end of ALV sits right about monthly guarantee. At Spirit and Frontier, you can see it is at their monthly guarantee. At the other airlines, it's close to what their monthly guarantee is. So typically, the bottom of ALV is right in the low to mid 70s range, pretty close to what your monthly guarantee is at an airline. And then you'll notice the top end of ALV is either 84, 85. 86 or 87, and there's no variation across these users of NABLU PBS. Um, There is a reason for that. We're gonna get into that when we deep dive into average line value after we finish up this review. Historic line value, it is the 12 bid period rolling average of the planned ALV for a position. It's calculated by using the ALV for the previous 11 months and then the published ALV of the current bid month. And it's used to prevent a company from building lines to excessively high credit or excessively low credit for too many months in a rolling year. Here's the table for historic line values um, of our peer airlines that also use NAB, Blue, PBS. Note some of these airlines call uh, HLV trailing line value or targeted line value, TLV. I guess the important things I'm seeing in this chart are that ALV is typically a wider range and you'll note HLV is a tighter range. Um, Take for example, Spirit. Spirit can publish an 84-hour top-end ALV. Let's say they wanted to do that in July because that's one of their busy months. Um, Given the existence of historic line value, if they publish an 84-hour month in July, all else equal throughout the year, they're gonna have to publish an 80-hour month For alv uh, in a different month of the year so that the average across the entire year is never more than 82. same would go for the low end Um, say in an economic downturn spirit wants to publish an alv of 72 hours to spread out the flying and keep their expenses down Um, due to hlv they couldn't run 12 months of alvs right at 72 hours HLV would require an average minimum ALV of 75 hours. So every 72 hour month, there would need to be a 78 hour month to ensure that the average across the year would be at least 75 hours, that minimum HLV. Note, uh, it's very important to remember that every single one of our peer airlines has an HLV. There are no peer airlines that don't use HLV. moving into our review of the normal credit window. The normal credit window is a range of credit time based on ALV. At most airlines, the normal credit window is plus or minus seven hours of published average line value. If a pilot does not choose to bid for the minimum or maximum credit window, then the pilot's line credit will fall within the normal credit window and here's the table with the normal credit window values that the other nablu pbs users use you can see everyone essentially is alv plus or minus seven hours delta a little outlier plus or minus 10 and then there's some carve outs and caveats for top and low ends um so spirit example again published alv let's say is 84 hours The normal credit window would be plus or minus seven hours 77 to 91 but they do have a rule that it will never be above 90 hours so therefore their normal credit window when they publish alv at 84 hours their normal credit window is 77 to 90 hours so every single line uh, will be built in pbs to somewhere between 77 and 90 hours unless a pilot bids for and is awarded a min or a max credit window instead So pilots can preference to be awarded a line in the minimum credit window or the maximum credit window. If a pilot cannot hold a minimum or maximum credit window, the pilot will be awarded a line in the normal credit window. And note, in some months, it is possible that no pilots will be awarded a line in the mid or max windows in order to meet the required parameters of a successful bid run solution. One of those parameters, of course, is reaching a projected target for ALV So you can imagine that if there are no max credit window bidders, there will be minimal or no min credit window line awards due to the need to reach the targeted ALV. So generally speaking, it's just the law of averages. If there's nobody on the high end uh, bidding high credit, then there's can't be many awards on the low end and vice versa. And here's the table for the min and max credit windows at the other airlines of note here, Frontier uses a min and max credit window of plus or minus 14 hours of alv never to fall below 74.5 reminder that frontier's monthly guarantee is 75 hours also of note alaska chose not to limit the high end of their maximum credit window the thought here being that a very high credit maximum might allow for more awards of the min credit window for pilots who preferenced min credit also their low end of the min credit window can be minus 14 hours from ALV, but never below 69 hours. And reminder, Alaska guarantee is 70 hours per month. Also note that in their new contract, Delta has a new feature for a mid credit window of ALV plus or minus five hours. Nablue is currently programming this into Delta's PBS algorithm. Okay, so that concludes the broad review of average line value, historic line value, and the credit windows that we have talked about in previous weeks. Um, For the rest of today's presentation, we're going to take a deep dive into average line value to sort of show how average line value is very different in a line bidding world versus a PBS world. Um, Some people might ask, why can't we just set PBS to build lines between 70 and 95 hours, sort of like we do now in our line bidding world? or also ask why can't we simply just unplug from a line bidding world and then replug what we do now into that PBS bidding world. And really um, it all comes down to the logic of the NavBlue PBS algorithm. So to answer those questions, we need to dig into how the lines are currently being built in S3 and then how the NavBlue algorithm will build lines in PBS. Um, As you can see, there's a chart on the left here um that chart shows the posted average line credit per line basically in the month since we've had the 3.5 to 1 trip rig basically you can see that it's between about 88 and 91 hours per month um current line bidding how we do it s3 builds of course the individual trips and then s3 can also assist with building the lines as well based on what a human sort of asks it to do and and a goal that the human wants to accomplish Um, so say the last weekend of the month Um, has the most amount of flying. And so the human asks asks S3 to be sure to cover all the flying on that weekend, but there may be some residual trips that S3 doesn't put onto lines. And so S3 does a pretty good job at a first pass to cover flying for the whole month, but there are usually needs every month where a human has to get involved and then shuffle potentially trips around um, to get things to fit so that the staffing needs are met for the month so that there's required mid days off. Uh, met for the month and line credit falls within the range that is required um and then of course uh, the current average line values that are published in the bid packages don't include vacation credit relief line credit and training credit um that's just how it works in a line bidding world right now so in a line bidding world the program s3 basically builds the lines, but there's typically at least some human involvement in manually fitting basically all the known trips onto the lines and then publishing the lines in the bid package for the month. In the PBS world, there's really very little human involvement. There's some parameters that the administrator does set, um, things like um, daily reserve staffing targets, the average line value itself, and uh, various credit window ranges and some other parameters. Uh, but the the nablu algorithm programming is really what does place the trips onto the pilots lines and the programming sort of is what it is um it can't be changed and it has to follow that algorithm logic so just a review of average line value in pbs it is the number of credit hours published by the company prior to the opening of the monthly bid that will be the average of all regular lines awarded in pbs per position it does include all known monthly credits. so at peer airlines that would include all trip credit all vacation credit and all recurrent training credit. And remember, vacation will be put on your line in advance of the monthly bid. And recurrent training, there will be a bid in advance of the regular monthly bid for recurrent training bidding. So your recurrent training will be placed on your line as known credit uh, in advance of the monthly bid. And then when the solutions are run for the lines, Um, A successful solution must meet the target average line value within a narrow range. At some airlines, it is plus or minus 30 minutes. Some airlines use plus or minus one hour. And at some airlines, especially some that have small, very small crew bases, they use plus or minus two hours. So remember that question from earlier today. Why can't an airline just simply unplug from what was past practice in a line bidding world and then just replug it into the PBS bidding world? that would make the transition from line bidding to PBS as simple and as easy and as seamless as possible. And we sort of have already answered that question. In line bidding, humans are doing a lot of the work to build the lines. In PBS, it's really the rules of an algorithm that's doing the work to build the lines instead. And so trying to compare average line value in a line bidding world with average line value in a PBS world is not really possible. It's not really an apples to apples comparison. So let's look at what happened at Spirit Airlines when they switched from line bidding to NavBlue PBS. Um, Before PBS was implemented at Spirit, Spirit had a contractual maximum line credit of 90 hours. And this meant that crew planning could build every single line right at 90 hours if they so wanted to, or something very close to 90 hours. And that would mean that the line bidding average line value was published as being 90 hours or something very close to 90 hours. However, after PBS gets implemented at Spirit, Spirit now has an average line value that has to fall between 72 and 84 hours. And so what happened here? I mean, why on earth did management agree to switch from a potential average line value of 90 hours in line bidding to a top-end average line value of just 84 hours in PBS? And really what it comes down to is it's the same reason for why every other user of NABLU PBS has a top-end ALV of either 84, 85, 86, or 87 hours. And it all comes down to the functionality of the NABLU system, and really it comes down to the logic behind the algorithm. So how does the algorithm work? I'm gonna warn you right now, we're gonna take a trip into the weeds and look at the algorithm logic but hopefully it's going to be beneficial so that everyone will understand how the PBS system works and how it will be divvying out flying at the various seniority levels. So to start out with, NABLU and our peer airlines suggest that we set the threshold to the projected ALV for the first bid run attempt. Now the threshold as a reminder is the credit time that the algorithm attempts to build all lines to. So in that first bid run, if published average line value is 84 hours, then the threshold will be set to 84 hours and the system will attempt to build all regular lines to at least 84 hours. Um, The first lines are going to most likely be built to at least average line value or at least the threshold or above. And this is because there's a high probability that the algorithm will be able to honor all bid preferences of the senior pilots because the pool of unallocated pairings is very large. None of that flying will have been divvied out on lines yet. So there's a lot of trips that are available to fit into the preferences of those senior pilots. And so the algorithm logic will get every line of those senior pilots most likely to the threshold or above. So if your threshold is set for 84 hours and it's building your schedule and it gets to 83 hours, you're not at 84 hours yet. It's going to add another trip to your line to get you to at least 84 hours. And so many of those lines in the senior ranks will be built to above average line value in order to exactly hit the threshold or higher. So to say it another way, let's look at an example. Generally, senior pilots might be preferencing turns, weekends off, and avoid flying between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. Early on, of course, the pool of unallocated pairings has lots of trips available because it has not made very many lines at all yet, many of these trips will comply with these preferences. So the algorithm will place these trips that comply with the preferences onto the senior pilot's lines and then follows the algorithm logic to build these lines to at least the threshold, or in this case, ALV, or higher. So there is a bias in the senior lines to being above average line value. So after the senior lines are built, the algorithm gets to the mid-seniority lines now. And these lines are probably going to be built to a credit time of something below the threshold or below average line value. And this is because there is a high probability now in the middle seniority lines that the algorithm will need to start to use denial mode to deny preferences because the pool of unallocated pairings is now getting much smaller. Remember, denial mode is used when a legal line can no longer be built with the trips that remain in the unallocated pairings pool. So if a pilot is preferencing weekends off, but there are not enough weekday trips left in the pool to build a legal line to the threshold, then the algorithm is going to enter denial mode to deny the weekend off preference and then force a weekend trip onto that pilot's line. So I said earlier that the mid-seniority lines will be much more frequently built to something below the threshold or below average line value. And here's the algorithm logic straight from NAB Blue's tech notes that indicates why that is. The algorithm logic states that as long as your line is above the bottom of the normal credit window, the algorithm will not go into denial mode to force additional flying to get your line above the threshold. And so if ALV is 84 hours and the normal credit window is then plus or minus seven hours of average line value, The bottom of the normal credit window is 77 hours. So as long as you're at or above 77 hours, the algorithm will not go into denial mode to force additional flying to get your line above the threshold. So let's look at an example to drive this point home. Um, Generally speaking, a pilot in the mid seniority levels might be preferencing, say, weekends off or maybe try to get one or two weekends off and then to avoid flying between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. Now, if an airline has a lot of flying that occurs on unpopular days, like weekends, and at unpopular times of the day, like between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m., denial mode will begin to be used relatively early in the line building process. But again, it will not be used if a line being built is at least above the bottom of the normal credit window. So in this way, many of the mid-seniority lines are going to be built to at least the bottom of the normal credit window, but probably not above the threshold. So let's just do a short review of what we've just been talking about these last few minutes. Um, High seniority lines will likely be built above the threshold. And that's because of the large number of trips in the unallocated pairings pool that remain available to be placed onto senior pilots lines. So the preference of senior pilots will not need to be denied because of all the flexibility that comes with so many trips being available. Remember the algorithm logic is such that all lines will be built to at least the threshold or higher if denial mode is unnecessary. The mid seniority lines will likely be built to at least the normal credit window, but many will be built below threshold. And that is because of the logic of denial mode. As long as a line is above the bottom of the normal credit window, the algorithm does not go into denial mode to force additional flying to get the line above the threshold. So many senior mid seniority lines will be built to something at or below the threshold, but above the bottom of the normal credit window. So maybe you're thinking, why doesn't the person who's running this system just set the threshold towards the top of the normal credit window and sort of trick the system into getting to a higher average line value by building those senior lines that are not subject to denial mode to very high credit which would outweigh all those middle seniority lines that are built to below threshold because they were subject to denial mode. Well, it turns out increasing the threshold does not always increase average line value. And the reason for that is because when threshold is increased, more pilots may find themselves exempt from it because they cannot reach it because of denial mode logic. Essentially, denial mode logic kicked in because their line had to be built to such a high threshold and this is especially common at airlines with flying during undesirable times we've kind of talked about that before weekends flying weekend flying 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. flying and airlines with really inefficient trips things that pilots want to typically avoid so if you can't trick the system to reach a higher average line value by setting the threshold to the top end of the normal credit window like we just talked about You might say well why not just set the average line value to something like 91 hours so that the normal credit window is between 84 and 95 hours then as we've discussed the high seniority lines will likely be built to the threshold or above which in this case would be 91 to 95 hours because those lines wouldn't be subject to denial mode a large number of the middle seniority lines would likely then be subject to denial mode due to a lot of our flying occurring on unpopular days and at unpopular times so the algorithm logic will build many of the mid seniority lines to somewhere between the bottom of the normal credit window and the threshold. So in this case, between 84 and 91 hours. So then a lot of the very low seniority regular lines are going to probably need to be built somewhere by between eh, 93, 94, 95 hours to compensate for that algorithm that has built so many lines in the middle seniority range. To the bottom of the normal credit window but not up to alv due to that denial mode logic so the question is this if you want an average line value of 91 hours can those low seniority regular lines be built very close to the top end of the normal credit window right around 95 hours to reach a successful run so that an average line value of 91 hours is actually achievable And the short answer to that really is no, maybe there are a few junior lines that can be built to high time to kind of help that bring that average line value up towards 91 hours. But the main problem is that there's just not that many trips left in the unallocated pairings pool by this time. And so to get the right trip mixture for legality while still trying to adhere to at least some pilot preferences, which of course is how the algorithm is going to continue to function. And to make that all just fit right on really high credit lines, it isn't really possible. High credit lines, because they have fewer days off, are harder for the algorithm to make all the puzzle pieces fit. And those puzzle pieces being the relatively small number of trips that are left in the unallocated pairings pool. Reasonable credit lines in the mid-80s, those do have kind of enough time off and flexibility to allow the algorithm to make all those puzzle pieces fit. So to summarize today, um, really I think all of what we've just talked about um, describes why Spirit Airlines had to change from building 90 hour lines in their line bidding world to building PBS lines with a high end average line value of 84 hours. And I think all of this that we've talked about sort of helps to describe also why all the users of NAB Blue PBS use high end average line values that are really somewhere between 84 and just 87 hours. Those are the numbers that have been proven to work in NavBlue. Those are the numbers that allow the NavBlue algorithm to be functional um, based on what the algorithm logic is. So to finish off today, let's just ask the question: you know, how does how does all of this affect the pilots at Sun Country Airlines? Well, to start off, if you still want a 95-hour credit line, like some of the credit lines in the current bid package, um, you'll still be able to request that. You'd simply set a condition in NavBlue PBS to bid for the maximum credit window. Um, if we follow what the rest of the users of NAB Blue use for average line value, which to be honest, functionally is what we're gonna need to do in order for NAB Blue to even just work for us, um, we might have an average line value of 84 hours if we were to copy exactly what Spirit Airlines does. And so if you don't mid- bid for a min or a max credit window, um, you'll get a line in the normal credit window, which means if ALV is 84 hours at Spirit, that means you would get a line somewhere between 77 and 91 hours now if your seniority and bid preferences are such that you won't be subject to denial mode you'll likely get a line between 84 and 91 hours and if your seniority and bid preferences are such that you do become subject to denial mode you might get a line somewhere between 77 and 84 hours but you'll possibly get a line. Um, above that if you weren't already in the normal credit window before denial mode were to kick in. Um, Basically that's all we've got for today. Like I said, I know we got really kind of deep into the weeds on some of this algorithm logic, but I do hope it helped explain sort of why we can't just use line bidding credit values and use those the same way as we would in PBS. All right, that's today's presentation. Now you can probably see why it was best for me to record it ahead of time just because it's super complicated. Um, yeah, I need to read my notes a lot for the presentation because the the algorithm logic is pretty complicated. And, um, yeah, thanks for listening to it. And, uh, at this time, I know Katie's on the call as well, so we'll open it up to any questions that anyone has. Um, both of us are available to answer your questions today. So
0: for those of you that are on the phone, I know we've got a few out there. If you want to use the, uh, the star five on your phone will raise and lower your hand. So if you're on the phone, star five and then star six will actually unmute you. I see, uh, oh, Eric's got, got his hand raised there. <laughs> no,
1: I'm, I'm going to let Todd go and, uh, I'll, I'll come back if, uh, someone else doesn't ask what I'm going to ask. All
0: right, Todd, I see you've got your hand up there. Todd, go ahead. You've got the floor.
3: Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Okay. Absolutely. Good to have you. Okay, great. Uh, I have not listened to the previous two uh, discussions, so this might have been brought up before, but the long lines, is there an anticipation of that? And how would that affect the average line values when you're looking at historic values versus current values um, if they're subtracted, say in the previous year, and unknown if they're going to be in the same year? Yeah, you know what, I'll take that one, Todd, just
1: Um, Because it's uh, it's a little outside of the the PBS world. Um, We are uh, super interested in seeing the long trips continue and I think continue as a pre-bid in front of uh, the PBS solution, much like they are today. Right um we are interested in expanding that program both in number of lines available to be bid uh, as well as the scope of the flying right so right now it's limited to cargo flying and that comes from uh the company's own limitation on those lines um when we started looking at them about a year ago right and i think Part of the problem with those lines is that they are uh, very inefficient, and as a result of the inefficiency, what the data set shows is that um, all of the rest of the line holders end up working on average about a half day more because of the long trips the way they are, Uh, just due to the inefficiency of them, right? The the inefficiency goes... the flying goes somewhere right and so people are working more when you're not awarded a a long trip line so the overall line satisfaction is probably decreasing as a result of the cargo only long trip lines right which is why we're interested in increasing the scope to passenger flying as well because when you combine the passenger flying and cargo flying those lines can become much more efficient there's a lot less Um, let's say, uh, days spent at the pool, right, which may be why some people bid them. Uh, But if you could, you know, get all your credit in in 11 days instead of 12 days, so much the better, right? Um, uh, That conversation has not gone really much of anywhere with the company. Uh, We just haven't gotten any feedback. I know that they held some meetings in the last week or so to discuss whether they wanted to engage with us and continue them. Um, but as of right now, that discussion has not started, and it is going to take some time to work through that, um, if only to work out um, how you would combine passenger and cargo flying into those lines. Um, in the future, I don't see long trips being bid inside of PBS, like, like a 12-day trip, if only because um, that could be forced then onto junior pilots. And that's a fairly untenable corner to get into, right? Um, uh, the long trips are great so long as they're done by choice, and that's what the pre-bid allows us to do. And if people are getting forced into 12-day trips, it's, uh, that's going to be a pretty ugly situation. Does that answer your question?
3: Uh, it does, and I, I'm anticipating then, just thinking about that, that uh, they'll probably look at what the line values were in the previous year and the pre in the same month and maybe look at the long trips and decide how many long trips perhaps that they'll use to bring that sequence of numbers kind of into or maybe yeah. there's some I, I think analysis that'll take place but
1: yeah i think tim kind of touched on that a little bit um in the slide deck here which is it, it's really difficult to do kind of an apples to apples um uh comparison of a a line bid world and a pbs world and so when people are looking at an historical line value um as they make the transition into pbs there's a couple different rubrics that they follow there to kind of work around some of that they don't just necessarily take the the line bid averages and apply them to the pbs world because it it doesn't work so great um uh, tim do you have a couple of those ideas off the top of your head that um Uh, other companies have used in order to kind of bridge that gap?
2: Well, most everybody's implemented during not kind of this time when we have really high credit lines where everybody's kind of working to the max because the economy is humming along and, um, you know, there's high demand for flying. Um, Some, like Frontier, they implemented during COVID, so they didn't really have to worry about running into kind of running the airline really red hot. We will have to come up with some sort of plan when we switch to PBS about how we're going to, you know, set up historic line value for that first year. We may have to just kind of come up with some sort of best idea fake numbers to adhere to. Um, and then once we're through a full year, then we can, can then we can start to look back on the previous year and use that rolling average from like an accurate perspective. Once we have PBS on board for at least 12 months. Um, but for the first year, we'll kind of have to come up with a Band-Aid um, to figure out how we're going to kind of comply with what a historic line value would would do. Because you're right, it's not apples to apples. We can't just look at what the lines were built to in line bidding and um, adhere to that. So. Okay, great. Thank you. That's all I have.
0: All right. Thanks, Todd. And Eric, I don't see any other hands up, so.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Could- so. Uh, Tim, um, you're talking about an unallocated pairings pool. Um, my understanding is we go to like the first guy in seniority. We're looking at all of the pairings, and all of the pairings are in the un- unallocated pairings pool. Um, his the number one pilot's preferences are. Uh, taken into account, uh, we move into the the next person, and the unallocated bearings pool is now somewhat smaller, right? Uh, yep. Minus whatever the first guy was awarded. Um, when you start to get down to the junior line solutions, um, what uh, f- I guess first of all, what tends to happen to the credit average? I think you were talking about it uh, increasing as you got more junior is that right or does is, is it tend to end up uh, with a higher credit on the top end
2: well it kind of depends on whether denial mode gets used and so it depends on preferences um and so you don't really know what's going to happen at the the bottom seniority you'd, you'd ideally like probably if you want to hit your average line value you ideally would like that those junior lines to be built to something slightly higher again above average line value because so many mid-seniority lines might be built to below the average line value and again that's why you can't run average line values up at 90 91 92 93 hours because you just can't get those junior lines when they're that full of flying when you're trying to ask it to build lines to 94 95 hours you just can't get the what trips are left in the pool you just can't get them to kind of fit on the line properly um and also still adhere to preferences that um, those pilots have because that's still how the algorithm is going to attempt to put flying on those people's lines is to comply with what preferences they can by that point they may not be able to comply with very many preferences because you're very junior and the pool of those trips is very small um but it's not you know what the junior lines are going to be as far as credit you don't necessarily know um they're probably going to get to be subject to denial mode and so it just sort of depends if if you're in that bottom of the credit window the normal credit window then it would build it would just say i'm done and not go into denial mode but if you're not even in the window it may have to add a six day trip um to get you at least into the window but that six-day trip might actually bring you up to above average line value again so it's it's really kind of hard to predict um but generally speaking if if you can avoid being denied a preference and you're in the normal credit window it'll it'll the system will say okay we're we're happy and we'll just keep your line at that lower level credit um so i don't know if that that rambling on answers your question i think that does so when it starts to hit denial mode
1: uh what's happening um is it denying uh preferences or is it denying certain trips um Depends beyond on the what trips you've, you've already been awarded or how, how does that work
2: no it wouldn't it would not deny the trips that you've already been awarded it would just deny whatever you're hoping to have as your next preference um and if you're in the normal credit window already so if you're 80 84 hour alv and the bottom of the normal credit window is 77 hours and if you're already at 78 hours you it will just say well i won't use denial mode to deny your next preference whatever that is if it's a time off preference or if it's a trip i don't know what it would do actually if if it was trying to give you something like a trip it probably would give it to you because it wouldn't deny it at that point but yeah, that's 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 kind of what would happen, I think.
1: Sure. So does it kind of go, uh, you know, senior to junior and tries to follow the preferences, and then at some point, um, what what triggers denial mode? What makes it kick in?
2: Just because there's not trips in the pool anymore that would actually comply with your preferences. So like my the big example that I can always think of is. If you want weekends off, but there's no there's not enough trips in the pool anymore to build a legal line with weekday flying, it's gonna say, Well, I have to go into denial mode now and force you to work on a weekend because I can't build you a legal line because there's no weekday flying, there's not enough weekday flying left in the unallocated pairings pool. And that's just like a super simple way to kind of look at it. I mean there's however many preferences there are out there you know probably close to 170 80 i haven't counted how many there are um so it's hard to kind of that's just that's just one example i guess um how it functions with every single individual preference i can't say i've dealt you know dug into the entire details of what how how that would work within every single preference but generally speaking it it keeps those trips you know it tries to Pull trips from the unallocated pairing spool but if there's not trips available in there to put on your line it will have to enter denial mode to force you to do something that you didn't want to do sure
1: so as i understand it you have a as you're decreasing in seniority you have a decreasing amount of available puzzle pieces to put the solution together and at some point it's going to trigger denial mode because your preference isn't going to be followed and you're going to end up with some sort of flying that is right. not part of your preference right,
2: right. yeah right and um, there are some, there's some additions to that like an l start next which i still need to learn more about what how that works but basically you know if it can't give you what you want you can clear your whole bid and then use l start next and then you know set up basically a secondary bid that then we'll try to build to those preferences and so that's one way that can kind of avoid denial mode I guess is because if you don't if you're not going to get what you think you're going to get by bidding for it then you can have that secondary bid that's another l start next bid group that will then kind of just take away what you've already bid for and then kind of restart it as a second try um to, to to get you some preferences that you have maybe that would be different than what might be denied in the first in that first um bid selection so yeah kind of a if not this then that Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, So uh, I see Tom has his hand up, but I have one more question that kind of follows along. So we, in December of 21, um, uh, when we agreed to implement PBS on this property, we negotiated for up to 2% of um, the uh, block to be held back from the bid award. Uh, is that basically to allow for some more flexibility, basically more puzzle pieces in the unallocated pool, to reach a better line solution as you kind of trigger, you know, one line solution, the next line solution in these different runs, um, so that you have a, a better overall line solution?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, a lot of those trips that are held back are probably going to be trips that nobody wants to bid for um so you know that's that's one downside of those that two percent but it will allow at least some of the very junior pilots to possibly get some of their preferences because the very junior line that gets built won't be you know there'll still be some trips that those two percent of trips that are in the pairings pool still um to maybe salvage something that's going to be decent for that junior pilot um but you know it kind of just depends on What kind of trips we have and what kind of flying we have and if if everybody wants to avoid kind of the similar kind of stuff then that two percent of open time is and even the three percent like including the the last one percent that's going to end up getting divvied onto lines is going to be you know not what people really want ideally but that's just the name of the game i guess right um and there's ability for the
1: company to go higher than uh two percent withholding if uh that creates a better line solution and a cost efficient as well is that right
2: that's correct yes yeah yeah
1: okay um yeah awesome uh I, that solves my questions um i'll give it to tom
0: yeah i see tom you've got your hand up if you want to go ahead and unmute yourself you have the floor sir all right sure thanks for your time guys um I just wanted to ask
1: really quick uh, because things have things have been coming up like this um, this or else uh, logic I guess um, I'm I'm completely unfamiliar with PBS being that sun country is my first 121 airline um, do we have any ability to look at what the user interface side of PBS is actually kind of going to look like at an end user point like i know people had talked about mock bids at some point and i'm sure that's the absolute last step in this process so i apologize if i'm jumping the gun by about 12 months here but um is there is there any way to kind of get some preemptive idea of what it's going to look like on the pilot side just so that you know i can see okay this is how sort of i'm i'm building the end user side of the um of the bid algorithm as it were
2: Yeah, we can. um, That's probably a good idea for another future Tuesday at 2 would be to go into some of what those bid preferences are. Um, We haven't, um, as we've negotiated the LOA, there's really no limitations uh, that anybody's proposed on using basically all of the options that NABLU has for what pilots can use to enter preferences. Um, So we will be able to use um, all of what NABLU puts out to all of the airlines um, and allow pilots to use those preferences Um, but it would be a good idea sometime to probably run through we wouldn't be able to necessarily look right at the user interface um, because that's sort of still being developed Um, but we should probably do a tuesday at two at some point just to give an idea of what kind of preferences are going to be available in the system so we'll uh we'll keep that in mind for a future presentation
0: all right sounds good thanks guys. All right, anybody else with some questions? I think, uh, think everybody's gonna- kind of stunned. That was some pretty deep stuff there, Tim. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm going to ask yeah. you one more, Tim. So um, is there any way uh, to retain the, say, 93-hour lines that uh, were currently being awarded, right? For some people, that's not um, what they're looking for, right? Maybe some people want want some more days off or more schedule flexibility, and 93 is quite a bit. But for uh, another demographic, right, um, well, everyone here has been pretty used to working some pretty high uh, credit averages, which, uh, you know, your pocketbook gets used to that, right? So is there a, a way, uh, to bid towards, you know, a 93 hour line if you want one?
2: Yeah. I mean, if there's, if the window is, if the normal credit window runs up to 93 hours, um, there's going to be a way, um, just in the normal credit window, to ask for additional credit to have more credit built onto the line. Um, and then, of course, if even if the normal credit window doesn't reach 93 hours, so let's say there, you know, we the airline slows down a little bit and we have a average line value that's published at 79 hours for the month. If the normal credit window is plus or minus seven hours, then that goes up to 86 hours for the normal credit window. So you can try to bid towards the high end of that by using preferences. But then you could also bid for that max um, credit window, which won't necessarily for sure be um, awarded. But you can guess that if you bid for max, I mean, it probably will. You know be awarded not not everybody probably can get max because then you're going to have a hard time getting to reach that alv that was projected Um, but the max credit window you'd be able to go higher so you would be able to bid for that 93 or up to that 95 hour line um by bidding for max the max credit window um so yeah but like i said earlier you know if if there's a lot of max credit window bidders they may not, not everyone may get it because you got to have some min credit window bidders so that kind of all else equal things kind of end up being able to hit whatever that average line value target is that was set in the beginning.
0: Yeah, that's
1: a good answer. I totally got it. Awesome. Thanks.
0: All right, Tim, I guess. uh, Oh, I do have a question popped up last second. Dave, I see your hand up there. Go ahead and uh,
2: unmute and take the floor. Okay, sorry. Quick question, guys: Is the the average um, line value something that Elpa and the company negotiates for? Maybe I missed it. Where are those values, or how are those values determined? And also the historic values: How do we determine, you know, what we want to do per month and what we want to do per year?
3: Is that a negotiated number?
2: Yep, those are currently being discussed um, in the PBS LOA negotiations. Um, so it is a negotiated number. I mean, I, but obviously we've also kind of just talked about in this presentation, like it's in a way not entirely negotiable because the system just isn't going to work. At you know, if we wanted to build an ALV of 93, 94, 95 hours a month, the the system's not going to work. There's a reason for. All the airlines that use NABLU PBS, they're all using 84, 85, 86 or 87 hours as the high end of average line value. And that's just how that's that gives the NABLU system the opportunity to to function. And so, you know, you can probably guess that's we're going to be in that range, too, because that's what's the proven path that all the other airlines before us have gone down and um, realized that same thing, that that's where the system works. Um, But specifics at this point, we're still negotiating. So, Okay, well, it sounds like it just kind of settles towards a sweet spot naturally. Yeah, yeah. Well, can I just add to that?
1: So every month, crew planning will sit down,
3: take all of the vacation, training, known absences, anything – and plug it into the system, and figure out the ALV
1: that'll be published in the bid package every month. So it won't be that won't be a negotiated number. That's going to be a function of staffing and um, the flying that we have every month. But that number will have to fall into the ranges that we
0: negotiate.
3: Gotcha. Cool. Thanks.
0: Thanks, Dave. All right, last call for any questions, or if uh, if Tim or Katie, you got anything more to add this week? I Hearing none, I think we're going to wrap up. And just a reminder for everyone, we'll be doing this again in two weeks for another Tuesdays at 2. I know Kim and Katie will have uh, all kinds of new information for us to absorb. Like I said, you can review this on our YouTube channel once it gets posted. I imagine some of you might want to repeat and uh, get get a hold of this because this is this is huge information stuff. We have to make an informed decision. When it comes time to vote on our PBS letter of agreement, we want you to be able to make the most informed decision on that vote that you can. With that, I guess we'll uh, say goodbye and see you in two weeks.